The date is October 22nd, 2021. This is your daily news show. I am your host, LB Muniz. All right, Mike should be on. What's up, Tommy? Um, yeah, all right, cool. So it looks like this is working. It's hooked up to the Zoom. Very exciting. This is, uh, like I said, kind of a test, but I did just watch Chappelle. So I'm going to talk about that and take a look and see how I could maybe use this spaces thing for a new, I don't know, a new kind of segment to do because it doesn't have to be long, it just has to be interesting. So my takeaway from the Chappelle special is not, you know, it's funny because I was definitely thinking during it about how about about cliches because i've been thinking a lot about cliches in terms of what makes them right like for for a general for a generalization to happen it has to have some sort of truth to it and i've noticed now not being a child that there's something to that with with cliches as well because somebody like Chappelle can take on such can take on topics and even make very simple observations about a situation, but make them in such a way that it makes you pay attention where if somebody else had said it, um, if somebody else had said something similar, you might be like, Oh my gosh, I roll. This is so mundane. This person has nothing interesting to say as a result. And there's something to that there's something to like the when somebody has mastery of a craft the way that the way like a Chappelle does because so I'm not a funny person by nature I can certainly make jokes and I have a bit of a wit to me but I'm not uh I would never I don't think I could ever make it um as a comedian even even for want of trying or for for actually attempting to try. So uh, but what I am is a fan of comedy. Like if I'm not listening to stuff that's intellectually related whether it's strictly libertarian or just broader philosophical or economic interests, if it's not something that's like strictly entered um information based or political analysis based I listen to comedy podcasts a good, a good bit and different kinds of comedy. And so when you listen to comedians talk in particular, you pick up a few things about what makes for good and bad comedy. Um, and, you know, you pick up on what people, what, what people think about different comedians and people seem to hold Chappelle in, in part. Here's the funny thing about that though, is I remember growing up and I'm 29, right? But, I remember growing up, like the Chappelle show was definitely on Comedy Central when I was maybe an early teenager or about to become a teenager, if memory serves. It was it was on for a while. But I remember very well that, oh darn, I haven't been recording on the Zoom recorder. I meant to do both just in case because I wanted to see what that was like. That's okay. This is what stream of consciousness is for. I remember... seen like episodes of the Chappelle show and I had friends that liked the Chappelle show and at the time it just didn't speak to me probably because I didn't get most of the humor um 
and I was definitely a lot more, I don't know, I guess you could say stuck up in those days. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to laugh at myself, so I didn't really know how to laugh at anything else, if that makes sense. But, so so I remember growing up, and he was, you know, everybody really liked him, and I was never really a fan, so it's really been more as, <clears throat> as I got older and then more into comedy and the comedy scene that, you know, everybody makes references to somebody like Chappelle, and so you kind of have to pay attention to him as a result, as a result of that. And everybody compliments his skill of, and his, his, his uh, ability at the craft. And certainly I think that is very evident in the special as, as it goes. I plan to write a little bit more about some different elements of them, so I'm going to kind of go through them now as I'm, as I'm freshly off. But that was definitely the first one is just, you can definitely tell the mastery and and i think for some people who are for some people who are looking for something to say about the special that doesn't necessarily follow the controversy and that's kind of the irony yes is is that ultimately the reason why you're talking about why anybody's talking about the story is because it was intended to drive controversy but we're going to return to that point the uh, the one thing that you could use to criticize it again is just kind of like, oh, he's only talking about this stuff. This stuff is so easy to talk about. But again, that's where you you can kind of see it's the same way in which uh, it's the same way in which a virtuoso who is playing, let's say, something like Chopsticks or Mary Had a Little Lamb. It's the same way. It's the same kind of thing where like it's somebody who plays a simple piece of music very, very well. It it still makes a difference because they are so good at the craft and they so they are they have the skill and it's done so well and so i think that was that was definitely my biggest takeaway now the jokes themselves i it's it's what's funny about a comedy special is i think in the comedy scene you're not supposed to really talk about bits uh the way that the way that you might break down like a sports play however <laughs> i'm not in the comedy world but you know a lot of people are going to make what's very what's very interesting because this this is now 2 weeks out that it's been 2 or 3 weeks that it's been released i think and the media it's still you know the media wave has kind of died down a bit although there was some stuff this week as far as protests outside of Netflix which is again one of the reasons why i wanted to touch upon the story so if you read the media coverage, you would think that he only made jokes against the transgender community for the entire time, right? And what's very interesting, and he kind of made, spoiler alert here, if you if you watch all the way to the end, he makes the point that he doesn't really hate the transgender community, if he's going to talk about them as a community. He hates white people, which was a very, very funny joke. It was, was put in a very, very funny way. And that's kind of, that's like part of the push and the way he's trying to frame up what the subjects that he's discussing. And like, maybe that's a conversation better led, better left for a different uh, environment. But one of the reasons, it's it's funny to me because it is the case with all of these things that we see in the culture wars so often it's based upon 
the presupposition and the opinion of somebody else and the way that the mob reacts the way that the mob reacts to the proper cues is what you actually perceive as like opposition and and it, and they are opposed to it but why are they opposed to it it's not from a place of knowledge it's from a place of it's from a place of well like i said taking the proper cues you're you, this is the opinion you're supposed to hold he touches upon that in the special as well but so he makes this big case at towards the end of precisely this of like i don't hate people <laughs> i or like i don't hate trans people i hate i hate white people okay so take him but since we're going since in order to be in order to be the type of person to criticize a comedy special in terms of, I don't know, s- supposed social norms. Cause it's not, cause the funny thing is it's not like, it's not even that you're taking, you're taking the, you're, you're critiquing the craft. You just make an assertion and then you back it up because of course things can be left to taste. P- things are left to taste and should be left to taste, especially as it relates to, Forms of entertainment. But somebody like Chappelle is so good, you have to pay attention to him. And, you know, in some respects, he walked away from the... It, obviously, these were put out by Netflix, but he, you know, he made makes a big point of walking away from Comedy Central, which is a big part of his career. But... The thing that's but so that was just an interesting part of it, and it's one of those things where it's like, it really is like you could walk walk away from that the special and saying like, oh, it's eh, not really my thing, but it's funny. It has its moments. It makes you think. There are some comedians out there that I think would that not are critical of it, right? Because you can't criticize one of the best in the game, but who would say that, who their taste is not Chappelle's style. As and as you might imagine, as somebody who enjoys philosophy, it kind of is my style, where you're making this profound point and then you have like this nice little twist on it. And I think it's a very interesting fusion of and a very interesting way of communicating, if if for nothing else. And it's entertaining as well, which is so key. Being able to hold somebody's being able to hold somebody's attention, have somebody's entertainment, or, or and to make to be something that people are entertained by. It's it's a great accomplishment. And so, of course, what these people want to do is tear it down. Now, the I see, here's where I'm not sure. I obviously can't answer this question with 100% certainty. But, but I feel like, I feel like Chappelle is smart enough to know. And certainly, I think he, you know, he addresses the fact that he addresses the fact during the during his special that he understands that he's going to ruffle some feathers. And of course that's part of what that's part of what comedy is, right? Especially a lot of stand-up comedy is kind of ruffling feathers and putting things pointing out the absurdity and irony of situations, even things that are hold held sacred, held very dear by people. So he he knew that he was going to get a reaction from it. But what I wonder is if he knew just how good it was going to be. Specifically in some of the events that we saw this week. 
in particular, there was a there was a protest held outside of um, there was a protest held outside of uh, outside of the Netflix headquarters. And golly, if every single type cast person that you thought would show up in support of, you know, if, if you <laughs> trans people, as the case may be. If you just the craziest looking individual humans who are across the spectrum, as they say, didn't show up. There was one video in particular that I saw. There was a there's a few floating around there, but there's one in particular that was just shared, and it was like some some individual who called themselves non-binary and who. <laughs> And who had like very, gosh, they were overweight for one, like incredibly overweight. Like, why are you in Hollywood trying to make it overweight, if I'm being frank? And had like barely any hair on top and what what's hair was there, nothing on the sides, but it had like purple. And I don't even think they had good teeth, come to think of it. So again, just a very jarring individual. Now look. I don't pretend to have the I don't pretend to be the most attractive person in the room. I'm not even the most attractive person in my family, and that's okay. But there's it's um I, I talk I've talked about this a few other times. There's something about there's something about the fact that people don't want to make themselves presentable in like like especially in a place like Chicago. And there's like different levels. You know, I always said when I when I was selling suits that like fashion is cyclical but style is eternal. Cuz people would come in and they'd ask about they'd ask about um well, what's in fashion right now. And you can tell them what's in fashion, of course they're just, you know, they're looking for something to sell you, but I always liked that line because it's a great little reframe um especially in the buying process like that of like what are you actually looking for? in a situation. So aesthetics are a topic that I find that I find very interesting. And I think what we how we present ourselves to the world matters a lot. That's again, so that's one of the reasons why I take it seriously. So when I'm looking at some at a very, like I said, jarring individual on a screen, I'm like, what are you trying to do? Because everything about what you're doing says, look at me. Like literally and, and including the fact that you're at a protest. It says, look at me. And I think there's something, there's a little bit of sadness in that. If you get to the point in your life where you're just always wanting people to look at you. And as I reflect on my own style choices, I would think of, I mean, I definitely went through, I went through, I had a, I, I, don't, I wouldn't even call it a prep phase. I just dressed very preppy for a long time and would wear a lot of bright colors and suits and crazy patterns and things like that. And these days I'm far simpler. And I enjoy the minimalism. It actually, ironically enough, it, it's it's helped with my creativity a lot. I think, I'd like to think so at least that it's helped. It's helped with my creative output in terms of writing and doing you know doing content like this. Is not really worrying about what I'm going to wear every single day. It's an interesting thing to think about. But see, whereas this person didn't look good, in my in my most humble of opinions, or maybe not so humble of opinions. They certainly put a lot of care and effort into what they wore. 
And what was even better than the fact that people were protesting outside of Netflix, because there was, again, some kind of a walkout as part of the story, because Netflix is a big company, would employ some trans people, and apparently, and I would also add the word allegedly, a lot of them were offended. Of course, offense just gives people, offense gives you status in a victim morality. That's why people take offense. That's why it's lauded and applauded and and, and centered and worshipped in a way. But so, you know, Netflix has trans employees, and so trans employees got upset and decided to have a protest of some kind. Funny enough, I saw Cernovich tweet today that uh, the, the, the person in particular who staged the walkout has some, like, horribly, horribly offensive tweets. And not funny offensive. I like funny offensive. I can tell when funny offensive is going on. It's the language of funny is a real thing. I've heard I've heard a lot of comedians talk about that. The language of funny is a real thing. And while I make jokes, I don't really again speak the language of funny. But man, she had some really <laughs> offensive tweets about um like well I guess Asians and other other ethnic groups as the case may be but the other the better even better than the fact that people would protest a comedy special and just demonstrate their religious fervor of this cause was the counter protesters in particular there was like one heavyset dude who just got up there and said i like jokes whose sign said i like jokes and the spectacle, the, the spectacle of that in and of itself, I have to think, was everything Dave Chappelle was hoping for. I really, really do. I don't know if he, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he knew exactly what was going to happen, but he knew the controversy it would stir. He figured some of it might happen in person. What's the, the best part about what at least I saw, the little bit I saw, was how people had the exact right attitude in this which was, in true comedic fashion, pointing out the absurdity of this, the entire situation that we live in. There was no, seeing so many of these, seeing so many of these clashes between the left and the right that we that we've witnessed. The left take themselves very seriously, and the right take themselves very seriously. But there is, but <laughs> there's something kind of absurd about that when you're just kind of in the street playing hitting each other with broomsticks you know and that was the that was the very fun thing i think about the 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 counter protesting that we saw or at least i saw hopefully hopefully i'm giving an accurate representation of what was going on um in in this in these netflix protests and again i really think that i think somebody like dave Chappelle is smart enough to hope to think something like that might happen so yeah, those are my thoughts on Chappelle. All right, now, Tommy, you're nice enough to be here. I'm going to invite you to speak if you want. Because I'm kind of trying to figure out how this thing works. And if not, no big deal. Okay. Oh, cool. So there you go. Didn't kick me out yet. All right. <laughs> yeah well it it turned my volume down on my headset too because i'm wearing my headset because i'm on my phone nice so, yeah 
But no, all, all I was saying is like I I don't have Netflix. Um, we canceled Netflix like two years ago when they were doing all kinds of weird woke shit, and we're like, I was just like, yeah, let's not spend money here. So yeah, we just we canceled it. But uh, one of the things I was thinking whenever you were talking through the special. Um, which my wife actually watched uh, this week with one of her clients, and she said it was amazing. Which, mm-hmm. And I, I would love to see, I would love the opportunity because I know that Rogan is is um, touring with Chappelle right now, and they're supposed to be in New Orleans. And I don't think, I mean, that's a little bit of a drive for me. So unless I have the time off, I'm not going to be able to go. But um, I was thinking that if, if Patrice O'Neill were still alive, the left would just commit suicide. They would just all jump off a cliff. Um, oh, certainly. That dude, yeah. That dude was a monster. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was kind of my, it was funny too. I said that and then you like messaged me like, yeah, it, it just booted me. Like the whole stroke. Oh, that's oh funny. players, stop it. But no, oh, I think funny. it's, you know, it's the entire. Well, I think what what's because with Chappelle and Rogan in particular, right? And really Rogan, but Chappelle kind of does it in his own way. But Rogan, because he does the podcast, is big is a bigger target. They were kind of not supposed to happen. Like they were these, um, they were these corporate. You know, they came up in the corporate system, and then just were kind of like, oh, I don't need you. And then the world ended up being a place where they didn't. They really didn't need them to be some of the most successful people in entertainment. Right. Well, and that was, that's part of the interesting thing is because Rogan has, has created the environment in which Chappelle had. Right. So when Chappelle bolted from the Chappelle show, it was, it was just kind of like, I'm not going to make the changes you want me to make. So fuck off. I'm going to South Africa for the next like five years or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and now Rogan has, created a brand within himself that has that kind of fuck you money attitude to it as well yeah and they just so, have and so they just that, have like the talent to ba- and like the work ethic to back it up right exactly and so Chappelle has I know Chappelle since he's come back um, from his hiatus it, he's just been like I'm just going to do my thing and he just shows up at random clubs and does like three-hour sets and shit you know which right. is crazy but i get it yeah no i get i mean it's so much fun um it, it was it was fun to watch it was like okay yeah we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this one way or the other but you're sitting there watching and like the whole twist of you know like i don't i've never hated trans i've hated white people the whole time it was hilarious i died i died laughing i don't know that i would have laughed at that as a kid but you know it's funnier as an adult and, right, and yeah. it's one of those and it and it comes from like having a sense of humor about oneself and um yeah it's it's a great it's a great little twist no if i didn't uh i i just i just use somebody's netflix i use my dad's netflix <laughs> it's like i've had it for so for so the login for so long because yeah i wouldn't actually pay for it after um well the cuties in particular which is you know that's another angle too that might come out in the piece that i write about this Oh, what's up? James is here. We're doing the Q and A anyway. Yeah, bring him in. Yeah. Well, well, so the whole, so the whole, what I'm kind of thinking is like now that this is on, now that this is on Android and I can do these spaces is if I do like a short little thing every day, Scott Adams style, 
and like mm -hmm. cover a couple news stories, but then do the Q and A portion, which is fun, and people can hop in. I think it looks like it booted him out when I invited him to speak, unless he just oh, jumped out right away. But um, mm. but yeah, so I'm kind of thinking that's something that I can do. So this is this was literally it came out today. I noticed I can do it, so I'm like, well, if I don't start right away, I'm you know not going to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. I. You know, I've never even tried to use use this thing so i don't know i've listened to a couple of things usually i jump in and it's boring and i'm just like okay after like 10 minutes i'm like i'm gonna go back and do something else now but i was interested in your takeaways of the Chappelle special because I've, i haven't watched it at all i doubt i will watch it mm -hmm. uh, unless it pops up like on prime or something like that yeah, which i don't you, think it will yeah like youtube or just like a right like a pirated version yeah, yeah. but yeah, um maybe at some point it was yeah, i mean like it was it was good well, like a legitimate like again like the the whole the point of like the mastery thing is just evident throughout just his presence and command and the way he moves between jokes well is, he's uh, he's richard Pryor. yeah I mean, he's the modern richard Pryor. that's mm -hmm. who he is you know like richard Pryor didn't get you know a lot of credit back in the day either he was people disliked him for many many years and uh you know I, I grew up i grew up loving comedians that i shouldn't have loved when i was growing up like sam kennison and bill hicks and richard Pryor, eddie murphy you know mm -hmm. and you know because i was a teenager in the 90s and i remember i guess it was like I don't know, maybe 10, 11 years old, I, I ran in. I was looking through my dad's cassette. He had a ton of cassette tapes. So I'm listening to, I'm lo looking through his cassette tapes, and he had Sam Kennison, Have You Seen Me Lately? And I popped that in, and I just got obsessed with that kind of humor. Mm -hmm. Just that loud, boisterous, in your face, I will make the worst thing you've ever thought of funny kind of humor i mean he ends the entire he ends his show uh, that particular show on a bit about um gay necrophiliacs in san francisco Jesus. paying paying the morgue permission to come in and fuck the most uh the freshest dead male body they had in the morgue and he does this whole thing about he's laying there he goes you know you're a dead body you just died and you're thinking oh well this is it huh i made it it wasn't so bad oh wait what wait what what is this what is this life keeps fucking you after you're dead you know like type <laughs> deal. and just it just takes it to this whole other level yeah and it, it, it's just so good and I've always liked that that off that off kilter humor that that it's not only a change of direction it's a it's it's the worst the the just the most disgusting thing you could ever imagine and the thing that's off limits to laugh about and making that funny in some way shape or form no I think it's um it I think one of the best like 
so what's it's it, it is just funny right pushing the lines like that breaking the taboo pointing out the absurdity the irony of the situation and just right. being and like and then the offensive element as well like just the brashness of saying something so awful in any other context but when you do it in a certain way and in the correct place that's what makes it funny and 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 like that the contextual nature of it i think is what is so enjoyable about comedy for me and what it also i think what it also does is when you apply it to the worst possible thing you can think of what it also does is kind of show how you can like that that it is that that even the worst possible thing is still like a part of life and is still kind of like funny and just maybe something that you go through at the end of the day it's um yeah. it's 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 like a way of you know it, this is it ha you know not that you have to prove it but people use comedy as a means of like coping and therapy and it has or rather or rather it has like therapeutic elements to it but it's also some people will use as kind of like a crutch right i think a lot of people will use dumb jokes as a crutch and that's um that's the problem with the policing of of the language in general that it that it creates that was actually one thing that i wrote recently was kind of kind of drawing that out because i ironically enough wrote about pronouns recently based off of a conversation i had and because I kind of realized that the whole thing of pronouns wasn't isn't about it. It doesn't even matter what the person believes. It matters what it does in the world. And what it does is what it does is create the situation where you think you're becoming the bad person by doing exactly what you've been doing for your whole life for something very mundane, i.e., you know, I've decided I'm now a they and if you ever refer to me as he again, you know, you should feel bad every single time you do it. And if, and and it's and it's such a big deal that I've even sat you down to say, hey, these are my pronouns and I need you to respect them at all times. Because it was posed to me kind of like, well, you know, what's wrong with somebody changing their name or, you know, asking that people call them like a different version of their name versus uh, maybe what you had growing up? And how isn't that the same thing? And so like, well you know, grammatically speaking, it's not the same thing, but it's also the thing of, you know, the person should understand if I, you know, if it takes me a bit to catch on to a new name, but that's their name. That's what they're called. That's what they want to be called. But like also at the same time, if I know that person from before they were that it's a tougher association because even your name doesn't completely belong to you. Like there's also the idea of who I think you are as well in a thing. And, as, and then so when you bring that to the level of pronouns, it really is, it's so small, it's so small that it's very easy to forget about. And so it's also very easy to feel bad about when you do. There's like one of those videos on libs of TikTok with like an old, uh, it was a while ago with like a teacher who had like short, she was a woman and had like short hair. And like, you know, she had a non-binary kid in the class who changed their pronouns by the week because that's that makes complete and total sense to do to a child. Um, and like the person was like upset and was like calling themselves out self-flagellation for what mm. they did for, for, for messing that up. And it's that it's, that's, that's the insipidness of, of part of what like the language games do and how they actually control. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine being in a relationship with a person, whether it's 
my wife or just friends and having to ask them in every interaction, how are you identifying at this very moment? Like, that's just, that's, that's insanity. I mean, and I mean that in the literal sense, yeah. there, there's something wrong there that that's not normal. Yeah. You know, there's this uh, video I saw earlier. I, I guess it went viral because it ran across my timeline. Um, and it was, I don't know if it was a girl or a guy swearing they had multiple personalities and uh, the front personality at this moment was called doll. And oh uh, it was just this weird thing. And it was just like, I sent it to a buddy of mine. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you in DMs. And it was just this really strange thing, like the way that the, the kid was talking and interacting. And it was like, yeah, I'm doll. I, I, I took over. I had to get this part of the personality to interact with me so I could remember to speak and breathe and move and blow and blink and you know, all that. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with these kids? Yeah. Like what is wrong? And this is, you know, and we're now we're now we're in my territory of like my podcast, basically, this is kind of like what I've been like attacking. It's like, what are, what is, what is happening here? Like there were, there were these ancient ideas that ideas and and thoughts were like given to you by external like cosmic intelligences whether you want to call them angels or ghosts or whatever you want to call these things and and i look at what's happening and i'm like these kids didn't come up with this on their own like exactly. this was fed to them somehow no people like, I don't know how it got into their head but this was given to them Mm -hmm. No, people take idea like it has always been the case that human beings take an idea and run with it. There is there are a f and, and evolutionarily speaking, this makes sense. Right. There are only ever mm. going to be a few people who really progress ideas, concepts, thoughts. And by progress, I mean, like par like paradigm shift, change the landscape. Mm -hmm. And and there's all these limiting factors that create the unique situation that that then brings that person to the to the forefront of humanity. It but that's but that's always been what it is. And so as I've I've made this point a lot that if I was a leftist temperamentally speaking, I would be a queer demisexual because I can put myself in their frame of mind because that's what I try to I I just I try to do that a lot is put myself inside of a inside of like an intellectual landscape and figure out what comes out because it's like it's it's like it's it's closer to an oven like our brains are like an oven right and you have to take the dough the dough goes in one side and bread comes out the other like you might see it like a fast food restaurant or something where like the pat or where the pat the patty kind of just goes through and it comes out cooked on the other side like the the brain our 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 consciousness our cognition the thing that make our soul whatever word we might choose to use might be like the the heat inside of it but you still need a structure for that oven in order for it to be directed and and like that's what ideas and ideology or religion or philosophy or any guiding set of principles that you put your faith in that's what they um 
that that that's that's what actually happens and what we're seeing is the spin out of this of this mainlined ideology mm-hmm. of these ideological things of basically saying like no we're not going to care about like you were saying like l- it's not even the case that we're going to question the ancient truths which i agree with in many respects and the greatest minds of history would agree with that as well always in every case um but it's 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 we're just seeing we're seeing the spin out and like and we're at a point in human history where that spin out is allowed for and can be categorized and classified in real time which then like which then exponentially increases the reach and all these all these kinds of things like you need a very complex society in order to support such well frankly as you were saying like or not saying but maybe implying like demonic behavior from people i mean i saw a libs of tiktok thing that talked about how uh that 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 the person was talking about how they use demon pronouns and it's like are we for literally for the love of god like i can't how can you abide this and and the reality is is you're if you're somebody who kind of sees these patterns you're going to look for them more but uh but i think what happens is other people never bother looking for the patterns because you know what i'm just going to go along to get along and that was so that was and that's where um that's again where somebody like Chappelle comes in to bring it all together then that's what comedy does to point out the absurdity and the irony and nietzsche talks about this and i've written about this as well how laughter ultimately is the thing that um that brings down that brings down all the great mind all the all the supposed teachers of humanity right the the pharisees of the time laughter is ultimately what brings them down laughter is the best medicine because it is the greatest uh weapon yeah it's power there's power in it right pointing out absurdities and and just laughing i mean like think about like the elites the last thing they want is to be laughed at and, and you and you brought up like these um you're, you're talking about like these overarching huge ideas and innovations and one of the things i've been paying attention to is like well wait what what are these innovations well all they are are additions onto other ideas right so you like let's just take the internet for example like basically you t- you just explored and you stretched the ability of communications which was already there via the telephone then you had before that you had the telegraph and all these things just continued expounding upon each other right then you bring in social media which kind of interacts television and the and the internet and and gives us what we have as far as social media goes and so you the way I look at it, it, it's it's almost like that saying, there's no new idea under the sun, you know, because all you're doing really is you're taking a previous idea and you're just expanding upon that previous idea. You're not coming up with a new thing. You are coming, you are just adding on to an old thing. And so the the more old things you have, which I think is why technology is moving so quickly, there are so many old things that you can put together now and yeah that's great and combine and create new things with 
and people look at it and goes, wow, this is a new thing, but it's not a new thing. It, what it is, is an ex it's an expansion of the old thing. It's not something that you couldn't have functionally like guessed from the previous technology. It's just putting the, having the technological and the engineering savvy to put these things together in order to create something. And the more of those things there are to combine together, the faster things are moving. Yeah, and you then know? every single time, every single time that happens, there are then spillover effects of how you, how I would put it, is literally how you interpret reality. Right, right? and I th yeah. and one thing that I try to draw people's attention to is you you can't is 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 just the degree. It's like I say, and the reason why I call the whole thing that I do like sense making is. It's actually the point. the The issue isn't access to the information, or whether the or and the question isn't whether the information exists. It is how do you interpret this raw data, and right. there are those of us who are attempting to do it. I think in an honest and clear way, and then there are people who are trying to manipulate and control large swaths of the population, so they give them these. You know, so th and I think that's the way that this kind of crazy and really you know what's funny is you know Chappelle talks about trans but if I really wanted to pin it down and if we might think about the fact that you know we might be a few years ahead of where somebody like Chappelle is in, in this regard is you know it's really it's it's less the trans it's more the plus it's more this it is I think the I think because it's um it's a tribe you can opt into in a sense far more so than 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 I think like the like what trans was at least or like or other or like a race or ethnicity is is like the non-binary people where it's okay i'm just going to combine these elements into something to where again just to draw the point is a person's going to have on their you know their pronouns as she slash they it's like okay so you're, you're not doing anything this is just a signaling mechanism and that's yeah. that's where um i think that's where the that's probably where the danger lies. So I guess in summation, it really does come, just come back to white women must be stopped. Um, <laughs> well, I wish Chappelle would have said that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been like mind blowing considering that's, you know, <laughs> only a few months old, but <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny if he would have just broke out with that, you know, because yeah. you know, uh, Bill Burr's been saying that for years. Oh, is that where it comes from? I'm such a, I'm such like a... I, I don't know. I don't know if the guys who turned it into a meme got it from Burr, uh -huh. but Burr has always had, he's always going after white women. Always. Yeah. And, I mean, it has in every special, his last special, uh, or not his last special, he was on Saturday Night Live. And he does this whole bit about how white women are suddenly a minority. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah, yeah. always done shit. He's always done shit like this, where he's like <laughs> slamming white women for their like latching on and basically being grifters, you know, mm -hmm. in this club. And uh, it's and he he does this whole thing. He's like, oh, you were you were perfectly happy, you know, for thousands of years collecting the money, and now then we'd let you go out. And, and fuck a slave, you know, and you know, shit like that. I mean, he just he just went after it. like he always has this thing about white women. It's hilarious, hmm. and uh, 
and he's he's done that like i said for years i think he started doing that in the early 2000s so i i always kind of like attached it to his to to kind of his bits because of the way he he does his bits um but on the trans issue and I, I don't know if you listened to the episode i just did with adam patrick not that long ago but um i was telling him a story my wife and i went to a wedding and uh ran into this 13 year old girl who identifies as a boy all right mm-hmm. and uh i don't think the symbolism here is going to be lost upon you she uh or he however you want to go about this um identifies not only as a boy but as a pagan and her her given name is trinity Eesh. but she she makes everybody call her achilles and the first thing i asked her i was like why would you give up divinity for death <laughs> that's a big question to ask a 13 year old <laughs> yeah but i mean that was the first thing that popped in my head yeah I, yeah yeah no that's but you know like that that actually engaged her in the conversation because she was like nobody wants to talk about these things well but i think you know what's funny is i think um <sighs> It, it it was like my first thought was like okay what's up with their with that individual's parents i really really do that's the first place i go and i would and then the second thing i thought of was it was like yeah and they're a 13 year old who's trying to cry out for attention so when you then when you're like Whoa. okay i'm gonna call you on your bullshit right well it's also a 13 year old crying for attention that lives in a town of two thousand people yeah like where are you getting these ideas yeah well, 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 it's yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's the internet too. Yeah. Well, part of it's the internet, I'm sure, but there's there's also that that whole idea, and it's something I'm really like taking seriously. Is like, are these ideas like this, like cosmic intelligence? Like, is mm-hmm. there something to that that perspective to to plant these huge, massive ideas? Because like, as soon as I ask, why would you give up divinity for death? Her eyes like got all big, and you know, she got excited. Like, it's such a You're breaking up pretty bad. Nope, is that better? Lost you. You there? No. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. You come. You kind of cut out for a bit while you were explaining her eyes got big. Oh yeah, no, she just got excited about it. Wanted to have a conversation. Yeah, it was like she was like nobody wants to have these big conversations with me, you know, because they think I'm a kid. I'm 13. They they think I'm a kid. They don't want to talk about big ideas. They don't want to talk. And I'm like, I'll talk to you about it. I don't care. I got kids. I know how to talk to kids about this shit. Yeah. And it was like, uh, I remember the first time I ran into this scenario, though, my, my eldest son was 15 years old. He's in his 20s now. He's 23, or he'll be 23 this year. Um, and he he told me he was pansexual. He was 15. I was like, what the fuck is that? I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And so he explained it to me, and I'm like, why are you even thinking about that? When I was 15, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about how to get drunk and maybe get laid if I were lucky. Yeah. You're worried about what to lay. I was just lucky if, you know, huh. I got 
something to pay me enough attention to maybe get laid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I I don't know. It was just it's just it's odd the way because because my kids are the ages they are. I kind of saw like the progression of this. Like mm-hmm. it was when when he brought it up to me, it was just kind of like why are you, why is this even a concern? At 15 years old, why are we even having this discussion? I don't understand this. Yeah. No, that's a good point. You know? That's a really good point, though. And it's. And that was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't like, that wasn't last year. That was yeah. eight years that ago. That was at the beginning of and it. And I remember sitting there going, what? I'm like, what the hell do you know? You don't know what you are. You're 15 <laughs> years old. I, that's exactly what I told him. <laughs> I was like, you have no clue what you are at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, like you I know? said, I'm, I'm 29, right? And I think, I think one part of it, at least for the millennials, because we kind of came with, there's, you know, there was a time in my life before the internet was encompassing, right? I think I got, I got a Facebook profile my freshman year of high school. And that was when Facebook was still pretty new. But but before that, there was AOL Instant Messenger in MySpace. And like one thing, and this is one of the reasons why I like exploring the idea of identity as much as I do, is the fact that we have been defining ourselves our entire life. We've been filling out that profile. Who are you? How old? Where do you live? What are your interests? What makes you unique? And that's where, again, I go back to the thing of like, if I was if I was not the person I am, if I was just like a sheep, really, you know, if I wasn't somebody who decided consciously and before that was kind of walking the path of not purposefully not paying attention to the group or whenever the group is going one way, making sure the other way isn't better because you still might follow the group, but you got to make you got to make sure all your all your corners are checked. And all your, you know, that you've that you've explored other possibilities, um, is the thing of like again. So like to use the nomenclature, and then and then we can and then we'll wrap. But like, and I want to hear what you think think about that that uh, identity thing of like we're oh, we've always been identifying ourselves. But like you know, queer you can be straight and be queer. Queer just means you don't fit into a heteronormative frame of mind. What is heteronormativity? Well, it's basically the fifties and sixties, but we don't really get too far into why we only pay attention to the fifties and sixties definition of masculinity and femininity. And so, therefore, I am queer because I don't necessarily fit into that tr- traditional masculine archetype because I am somebody who is a little more sensitive. I enjoy th- I enjoy theater, and I'm not really a big sports guy. I don't watch I don't watch football every Sunday, but I like playing sports, and I'll watch them sometimes. But like you know, mm-hmm. I like theater. I like, and I grew up in that in that milieu, so I could easily say, "Oh yeah, I'm queer." Right. And I and if I was interested in status and left wing circles, as I would say this now, I wouldn't necessarily put it this way a few years ago. But if I was interested in status, can I interject one thing on on that last point so I don't forget? Yeah. If you want to talk to somebody about that, Josh Childress went through a lot of the same thing. Like he he has a lot of the same experiences with that, like liking theater and liking these things. And like, and if you need to get in touch with him, I'll get you in touch with him because me oh. and him are really good friends. Yeah, that would be yeah. interesting. You know who else shares that yeah. is uh, Austin Peterson. Really, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a performing arts background as well. Um, yeah, but that that sounds like an interesting conversation. But and, you know, like, and so, but the point is, I was I thankfully was never raised in a household that like was like, well, you're a you know you're a girly man for liking that. Don't get me wrong. 
the gay jokes have never stopped. However, <laughs> like, like literally, literally, well, literally come from my grandmother's funeral. I'm, I'm 20, I'm, I'm 18 years old. Come up from my fa- family's funeral, walk into the funeral home. And one of my cousins goes, so you gay yet? Like literally that was, that was, that was the start of the conversation. It's like, yep, I'm sorry. Grammy died too. Um, <laughs> so, so but, but leaving that aside is, um, I think, uh, and I've heard other people talk about this, like um, uh, Heather Hine in particular, because she was like more of a tomboy girl, is if you come of age in that, in this milieu where it's like, oh, well, you know, you're obviously, you're obviously non-binary. It's like, well, I guess I'm non-binary. So what does a non-binary person do? What do they look like? You know, I'm queer. What does this mean? I'm a demisexual, like demisexual. I use that because it's like, yes, I want a connection with somebody that doesn't seem that foreign to me i'm still a man but i want to it's like you know it's such a silly it's such a silly distinction and kind of points out the absurdity of the notion that even if gender might be a spectrum which it's not it still doesn't it's it still doesn't follow from that that i need to pay attention to all your little things and that's the whole point of classification is that you move into larger and larger groups so that you can have a more general and general idea of something this is the basic function of language and ultimately why pronouns can't be singular and pronouns can't be like for you you don't own pronouns in that regard yeah well and and from my perspective like you're talking about the identity going through like always having to fill out these profiles i I never thought about that angle but it is something i thought about and i was trying to construct a tweet actually probably about a week and a half two weeks ago based upon this and i i gave up on it because i couldn't figure out how to word it properly but all teenagers go through these identity crises right it's just in my time it was we we rebelled in a different way we rebelled by going out smoking pot and getting drunk and partying right Mm -hmm. maybe listening to heavy metal listening to music that that your parents didn't like dressing in a in a way that your parents didn't like a leather jacket with patches on it or something like that saggy pants baby fucking yeah sag my pants below my butt below my butt Jinkos were Jinkos were the shit back in the day, you know? Or like, um, I remember after Columbine, a lot of my friends picked up wearing trench coats. You know? Mm-hmm. And 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 this was all shock value to to kind of throw in your parents' faces. But the shock value nowadays turns out to be permanence because now you get now you got kids going on hormone treatments and and this, that, and the other. And so it's a permanent change to their biology. And yeah, except that's a big difference. And there's even one, there's even, but there's a dose on top of it that makes it that much more dangerous, which is, yeah, some of those people are rebelling, but then a bunch more are looking for, um, are, are looking for approval. And that's why they're, oh, yeah, they're looking to be accepted. It's not yeah. exactly like in some families, it's a rebellion, right? But in, but in the other families, it's actually it, it elevates your status. And and for people who, again, you know, I it's it's I, I say this is not a father unmarried. But so, you know, take it for what it is. But it, it is one of those things where, 
especially with kids, it's like, okay, what's going on with the parents here? You know, and mm. and not necessarily that. And listen, everybody has bad times, bad years, bad you know phases. My my life, you know, my family included. There's nothing perfect mm-hmm. about anything on this earth. We're humans. We're fallible. So, but I do. But there is an element of that where it's like like the example that you brought up earlier of kind of like engaging with somebody like that. It's like, okay, so, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'm going to humor this, but why do you need to go this far? The other thing I would say is the pagan element in particular, I find is, um, as like you said, the symbolism is not lost on me because in times where paganism like that is invoked, they usually don't speak well for, um, for what, for what is to come within a broader society. And that's not the first time I've heard somebody talk about talk about themselves in terms of paganism. So yeah, well, and it's uh, what did the what did the pagan priests do uh, to fight against Christianity? Is they ran out to the streets, castrated themselves, and and put on dresses. Oh, interesting. In Rome, or yeah, yeah, huh. it was it was it was a uh, it was a rebellion against Christianity. And they went out and castrated themselves. And this is why Paul brings it up. Um, and I think he brings it up in Ephesians. Okay. I mean, Galatians. Paul brings it up. Like, you better, you'd be better off just to cut yourself off. And that's what he's talking about. Like, mm. like he's talking about circumcision. And he's like, going okay. out there and, and trying to do the physical and circumcise yourself to uh, adopt the kingdom of God you'd be better off just to go out there and castrate yourself is basically what he's saying. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, he's, he's referencing the pagan priests that castrated themselves in public and then put on dresses. And in particular, cause I, I like, this would be like ball worshipers or just, uh, well, we, this we was Rome. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't bell. It was, this was in Rome. So, you would have had the Roman gods. You would have had Zeus and, oh, you know, interesting. the Greek and Roman gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baal was more of a Syrian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, no, this was this was the Gentiles. This was the Greeks and the Romans. Yeah. Cause and, I their, saw somebody, and their high priests. Yeah, I saw somebody put something out about like how, you know, what was it? Gosh, this is so silly to even say it but it was like pagan pagan anarchists don't recognize god as an authority or gods as an authority and it's like okay well then they're not gods like this is a basic right. this is a basic and so this is the thing and this is this is, this is this relates to the non-binary stuff as well where it's like there is an element of this and i think you you pointed out there of like just go your own way is there's also an element of this like no i'm not indulging this like I'm not, right. I'm not going to indulge such um, ridiculous thought. But given the means of communication today, it's not a question of whether I'm going to indulge it or not. It'll still be presented to me, and this is one of the things that complicates uh, the way we look at the world or the way we interact with the world. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and this this goes back to that tweet I put out the other day when I found out that that transgender health whatever oh gosh yes uh, rachel, rachel levine. levine they they swore in as a four-star admiral right yeah for a civilian was, said, service what did, what did i say well 
Scott Horton corrected me on that. So that's a, that is something that uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in how Scott uh, read, reads that. Um, because I'll read you the tweet. He, I mean, the text he sent me because I asked him about it. But I said, let me just find it. Uh, I said something about the pagan priest the cat that had gone through the castration. Um, it's right here. Oh God. I got a lot of tweets ever since I interviewed Mark Claire. Um, (laughs) yeah, I got to listen to that interview. I'm looking forward to it. Oh man. I I love Mark Claire. And I, I, you know, I, Oh, here it is. In the latest pagan ritual, the castrated priest absent any prior service is sworn in as a four star admiral is what I said. (laughs) So, but uh, no, I asked Scott about it, and uh, Scott said, in a very technical sense, the Surgeon General and the Attorney General are military offices. Um, not sure in this particular case how it works, but yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's in a very technical, but but the operative words being in a, in a very technical sense, because right, it's, because right. like it's the symbolism as we're kind of pointing out, like the symbolism of having them technically be armed service or because they're not armed they're just civilian services Mm. so it's like this conflation for precisely the reason i think my comments on it was um security guards wear uniforms too (laughs) that's perfect (laughs) yeah that's what that's what it means to be a uniformed four-star admiral in this you know yeah in this thing, but of course, it means more because it's this because it's the authority because it's the government, um, and you know, yeah. so it's it, we're just we're just left here to uh, to interpret it on the spaces of Twitter. But this was fun. Thank you, right. sir, so much for popping in for making this uh, this first one actually successful. I'm looking forward to. I haven't decided. I'm definitely recording these and putting them out, and I think I'll put the first few out for free. But um, I think yeah. I think I'm gonna put the recordings behind a paywall. I don't know. I have this sense of it, and I'm teasing what i'm teasing what audience i have with that too like maybe a maybe a cheaper paywall than substack but still a paywall yeah use like patreon or something yeah 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 that's uh, yeah that that's that's kind of the direction that i'm thinking or i think patreon doesn't let you do less than three dollars a month because they want to get their money from you oh yeah and that's and that's totally that's totally appropriate yeah i was thinking patreon or locals or maybe Maybe another one. We'll see. I got kind of got to. I'm gonna look into it. Um, but yeah, this is fun. And plus, I enjoy. I kind of thinking like first half cover a few news stories. Second half do like Q and A uh, with anybody that wants to hang out. And then by doing that, you create good content. So I appreciate it. You want to do a quick plug, and then I'm gonna close this thing down. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. LibertarianInstitute.org. It's our fun drive right now. So LibertarianInstitute.org. If you want to donate to Libertarian Institute, that's where you go. LibertarianInstitute.org forward slash donate or LibertarianInstitute.org forward slash year dash zero would be the best place. So I appreciate it. I didn't know you had actually gotten the recording set up. So I was, I was going to say, man, we need to, we need to, make a podcast out of this because this was an interesting conversation yeah dude. no so i mean i've got the zoom recorder um the, i got the pod track p4 and i got the bluetooth adapter so this has just been after like i think 10 minutes into me talking but when i was reading the instructions twitter does save a copy of the audio i just don't know how much access i'll have to it so all right 
we'll find out. All right, but yeah, I donated yeah, we'll to the Libertarian Institute. So if you enjoy enjoyed this conversation, you should donate them because they uh they help they help Mister they help Mister Tommy out. So and Scott Horton, which is much more important. Yes, sir. Precisely right. Yeah, I wrote about his debate this week at uh, BenAwake.com. So, which is of course oh, I'm gonna have to go read that. Yeah, which is of course where you guys can find me at the LB Muniz on all social media. Thanks for checking this out. Let me know what you think and. Uh, yeah, stay tuned because this makes it very easy to have some fun. So we'll see y'all. All right, brother. All right, man. Have a go. Have a good night.